Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Heaven. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Disney and Studio Ghibli have teamed up and released an animated short called Zen Grogu and Dust Bunnies, starring an adorable character from The Mandalorian, most people dubbed as Baby Yoda. Zen is directed by Katsua Kondo, a well-known manga artist who's been with Ghibli for many years, contributing art and character designs to films like Princess Mononoke, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, and more. We can only hope this collaboration is the first of many between Studio Ghibli and the Star Wars franchise. Oh boy. I think they wow. just released like yesterday. It's a little So short. is this going to be an anime Star Wars? I don't know if it's like anime, but it's animated by Studio Ghibli. And uh, I, don't, I haven't watched it yet. I think it came out yesterday on the 12th. Um, I'm, <laughs> I think everybody was just like, oh, okay, yeah. perfect. Yes, <laughs> I'm, absolutely. I'm super into that. <laughs> like, no arguments here from anybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was a, a little bummed to see it was just a little short film, but maybe they're just dipping their toes in the water together, you know? And maybe they don't want to do a giant feature length ghibli star wars thing but this is a crossover that i have zero problems with totally cool with it i want to see it i want to see it too how long did you say it was looks like it's like three minutes long (laughs) oh wow it's only three minutes long yeah well maybe they're just seeing if like their teams work well together or something maybe there was some like high nerves and they're like well we don't want to just invest all this time and plan for something really big and they were like okay well maybe let us do like a three minute test run Totally. And we'll make sure we can all play ball together and, you know, hopefully it turns out. Imagine like a mix of Star Wars music and Ghibli music. I have absolutely (laughs) no idea what that would sound like. Beautiful and cute and epic at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, You like what you sing to Baby Yoda to make him fall asleep at night. I didn't know Baby Yoda's name was Grogu. (laughs) Me neither. I just called him Baby Yoda. Were we ever told that? I haven't watched the second season yet. So. I have, and I don't think he's like talking a bunch. No, but does somebody name him or something? Is it Grogu? I don't think so, though I'm sure there's like a hundred people being like, yes, they do! But <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't remember that at all. Oh my god, what an adorable name. Yeah. I got into an argument with somebody that said that um, Baby Groot was cuter than Baby Yoda. Oh, that's ridiculous. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, you know, little Groot is adorable. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when he's like the whole intro credits and everything is mostly centered on him. Just kind of messing around and not really know it, knowing that there's a giant battle going on around him. Uh, that's that's pretty adorable. But uh. That is pretty adorable. Yeah, and like Groot is so classic, right? He's got one word that he says and he's like a tree. So they were like, okay, well, we've already messed with like the language thing because that's so binary. We now have to mess with his age, make him young. Because that's like basically that's all you got. Yeah, it's adorable, but it's, it's just adorable, not, but it's just yeah. not 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 Baby Yoda, and certainly not Studio Ghibli Baby Yoda. Definitely like, not. Like, how could we make this cuter? Oh, I know, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Studio Ghibli. Yeah, I uh, I saw a meme the other day that was just like, can we all just stop calling it the Mandalorian and start calling it what it really is, the Baby Yoda show? <laughs> and yeah. that's really true. Gosh, that show is awesome. It's really I'm still, awesome. I'm so, and like, I've been very slowly chipping away again at the first season, and man, it's just endlessly entertaining. Like as soon as mm-hmm. the episode starts, and the music is fantastic, and just wow, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe Disney Plus will do like a because they they really seem to like doing the the TV shows. I still haven't watched um, Andor yet. Um, I heard it's really well, good. Neither have I. Andor. I'm gonna write that down. I want to watch that. Apparently, it's amazing. Like I've I've seen it seems to be a little bit polarizing because I think it's a lot slower of a show, like a little bit more grounded and just it's not as flashy as something like maybe The Mandalorian or the new um, Kenobi show or whatever. Mm. Uh, I've heard it's really really good. I think it's one of the characters from uh, Rogue One. Oh okay. Yeah. Ever since I finished the Thrawn trilogy, I've definitely been in like a Star Wars mood. I bet. Yeah, there's nothing like a good old Thrawn book to kind of thrust you into the world of Star Wars. And Star Wars is interesting because you can get too much of it in one format. You know, it's like you can read too much and be like, okay, I'm really tired of reading about Star Wars. But then you're like, but now I really want to get it through the visual medium. And then you can definitely do too much of that as well. And then I guess you go back to listening to, you know, um, like the background of the Imperial Cruiser sounds on YouTube for like two hours while you do other stuff. <laughs> while I'm reading other things or writing. Yeah, that's a really good one. Oh, do you write to that? Yeah, sometimes. 
Nice. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. Maybe this will be a big hit, and then we'll see a Studio Ghibli Star Wars uh, TV show in the next few years. That'd be great. I would be excited. Even when bad Star Wars things comes out, it's like, I'm not going to get sick of the universe. Just more things in the universe I love. Bring it on. What have you been up to this week? Oh, man. Okay. My reading has been put a little bit on the back burner because I've been hard at work on writing. Uh, The writing is going great. And even though I started a little bit late in November, I should be able to hit the 50,000 word mark by the end of the month. Uh, the, The heavy, heavy outlining that I did really kind of pushed me along because now I'm just, I just set what chapters I'm going to do that day or parts of chapters or scenes or whatever that I feel like doing that day. And I just go until that's done, you know, and I'm just like, I'm on more of a schedule now. Uh, it, it just feels so much better. You know, I'm like much more excited about this whole process because it doesn't feel like, you know, you know, when you're, whenever you're trying to get a lot of stuff done, the best way that I found to get a lot of things done is to break up everything you need to do into the smallest possible like increments on a list. And I do that all the time with everything else that I've got going on. So I kind of transferred that over to writing a book. That's really smart. Yeah. I just, I just broke it all down. I broke it into like separate, like literally I wrote down like every separate scene that happens. And so now I'm just going from the beginning of the book to the end and just crossing off stuff that I need to do. Wow. And I'm discovering stuff along the way, obviously. Um, Like there's conversations that I hadn't really thought of while outlining or different points people are making or different um, like areas to have those conversations in or things that lead up to them or whatever. But it's just so nice to know when I'm a third of the way through something that the other two thirds are basically done. Like they're not done, but they're figured out. I don't have to sit and be like, well, why would that? That's dumb. Like why? Uh, it's just taking up your brain always. Yeah, exactly. So this yeah. has been really helpful, um, but that's taking up a ton of my time. Um, and the other thing that's taking up a ton of my time is God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, before you move on, I want to hear more about your writing. Sure. So what you did basically was create like a positive reinforcement loop, like a reward system. So every time you get one of those little chunks, you get a little like dopamine burst. And then you yeah. kind of like reinforcing this like doing things and almost getting like addicted, like TikTok yeah. video style, to, like watching style to doing things. So that's a really smart uh, smart thing that you did. Yeah, it's working. I think that I should do that all the time, but I don't because I'm too lazy and I'm like, oh, the thinking, making the list will make more time. It's like, man, it would save me so much time in the long it run. It does, yeah. It saves a lot of time, but it's funny because, you know, I, I make lists constantly. That's how I'm able to get anything done is I just, every night before I go to bed, I write down everything I have to do the next day. I break it into as small of chunks as I possibly can so that even if it's just like decide what book to read next or like decide what to post on Instagram or something. And then I make like a post on Instagram thing. You know what I mean? So I'll break up like one thing into like two or three different That's things. That's so smart. Yeah. And then it's just it, like, if I'm going to go on a run, you know what I mean? It's just like, I, I'll have like go on a run on a list and then, but I also have like put on your running shoes. Oh, wow. Right? And then it's like, I break it down to just like, okay, so all I really need to do to, to cross that thing off the list that's on this big list, that'll make the list shorter is just put on my running shoes. That's easy. It takes like <laughs> 25 seconds to do that. And then they're on, right? Then it's like, all right, well, I'll knock out the other part of that real quick, you know? Right. You're like reducing the barrier of entry almost by having like multiple starting points for a thing. Yeah, it's it works, you know? And it, it translates over to writing pretty well because it is, it is super daunting. Even if you're only writing like a 60,000 word thing, it's, it, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a huge undertaking. Yeah, and you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but when you're drafting something, you're so used to the way that books read that you want your writing to look the way that you're used to a book being read Mm. when you're reading it. But you have to remember people out there that are drafting right now. And some of you might know this, but some of you might not. You have to remember that those books that you really love have been edited. They've been beta read. They've been combed through like every single word of those books made people making sure those words are right where they need to be they're cutting off all the fat they're cutting off all the scenes that don't need to be there you know one of the big issues that i've heard about from uh, editors is that a lot of people end scenes too late and start scenes too early you know mm. um like so there's like, too much build up and then too much afterwards it's like no this is what needs to happen in the middle here right so like they'll they'll get to the end of a chapter and then they'll kind of keep going with a little a little bit like 
what's going on in the room or how like another little snippet of conversation. It's like, no, the chapter should have ended right there. That's the last part of that scene. And now, and then they'll do the same thing, but in the beginning of a chapter where it's like, they'll, they'll show somebody, you know, like walking down the street to get to where they're going to have this conversation in this coffee shop or whatever. And it's like, no, just start at the coffee shop. Right. You know, like the, the part of you walking down the street is like, great. And there's some world building there or whatever, but it's like, is there anything was there something really consequential that happened on that walk? And if there is, then you need to keep it. But if it's just like looking around at stuff, like cut it out, you know, like you can work that into something else that is consequential later. But that's the kind of stuff that while you're drafting, you really, you're not super paying attention to that stuff. Cause you're kind of lost in this world. You know, you're, you're building everything together and that's fine. But I think that what, um, like beta readers and editors and stuff will probably tell you is like, I don't know, I was a little bored right there, or I don't know why you needed this when you described the same street right. in two scenes from now when there's like a fight going on in the street, you know, and it's just something like that. It's like you're getting that same information across in a more interesting way later. So cut it, cut out the scene where it wasn't as interesting before. So yeah, I'm, man, I love it so much. I love writing so much. When you draft, do you write in like bullet points or fill full sentences? Full sentences. Full sentences, really. Okay, and do you ever yeah. use those sentences in your story, or is it more like, in this chapter, this is going to happen? No, not really. Uh, I write third-person present tense when I'm drafting. Uh, the book that I'm writing right now is first-person past tense. Okay. It's very, like, you know, they go over here and do this thing, and then this thing happens, and then this thing happens. And Do you ever find it hard to stick in tenses? Do you find yourself, like, getting outside of it and being like, oh, no, I'm in the wrong... No, but sometimes if I'm reading a book that's in third person, uh, like past tense, I'll kind of like forget that I'm writing in first person <laughs> or vice versa. You know what I mean? But I do kind of mess up my tenses sometimes, though. Yeah, I definitely um, I'll kind of forget that I'm writing in past tense. Totally. I do that a lot. It can be kind of hard to judge sometimes, too, like what to have like as past tense. If you're talking about something like a person telling a story, I don't know. It's weird sometimes, but like, don't get, if don't get mired into all that stuff like that can be <laughs> figured out later. You know what I mean? Like that can all, those are changes that somebody can point out and say, Oh, you should add an ED to the end of that word or something, or make sure right. you're re- writing. Like I had done this because it's taking place previously to the events that you're trying to talk about right now. It's like, all oh, that can be sorted out later. Don't, don't hit the backspace button and try to fix all that. Like while you're drafting, it's, it's it's not a waste of time, obviously, because you're still crafting and you're still doing the thing you want to do. But it's like it's taking away from the momentum of you getting out what needs to be gotten out. You know, like you're gonna <laughs> don't yeah. get trapped in like looking super hard at whether or not something's good. I think um, I just watched an interview with Dan Harmon, the guy that created uh, I think Rick and Morty and uh, Community, and he said something. I'm just paraphrasing here, but he said something to the effect of like prove to the page that you suck because if you try to prove that you're good you're not going to write anything but if you try to prove that you're terrible then you'll write a bunch of stuff right like you just be okay with it not being as good as you want it to be right make it make it a thing first you can make it better later yeah like lean into it like you know sometimes like when i'm writing it's just I'll, I'll have like a couple of paragraphs that I'm proud of. And then I just, it's just uh, everything falls apart for a second. And I'm just like, the, the door was hard when he touched it. And like, and it's just like, Oh <laughs> God, that was such a crappy sentence. The door was hard when he touched it. <laughs> I hated even saying it like that, but like, oh God, leave it in, leave it in and just move on, like, move on. And cause then when you go back and you do revisions, it's like, okay, that's a terrible sentence. How can I, now I can like devote some time to this sentence. The whole work is already done. Like I wrote a manuscript out, but like, let's go in and kind of like, you know, with a scalpel and kind of, all right, that one was weird. So let's just, I feel like that's really good advice. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I've never published a book, so I'm only giving advice as like, a person that's also doing it. Not a person who has like succeeded at it or what, you know what I mean? It's just, I've picked up a lot over the last few years of, you know, writing as often as I possibly can. And, um, I've made a lot of mistakes and like going back and reading some of the stuff I was writing a few years ago, it's just like, why, why would I write it? Why would you write it like that? It's such a weird way to say that. But I mean, I'm sure in five years, I'll look back at what I'm writing now and be like, wow, you didn't need that entire thing. You just wrote, (laughs) 
it's, just, it's when you don't do that that is the problem, right? Because it means that you don't have five years worth of growth. I think that's just kind of a natural and probably a really healthy thing. Um, but yeah, that's really good advice. I can see it being hard to keep going. And like, you're only creative, like, I don't know, I'm not creative always. And so I feel like plotting it out like, like you did already and just like getting the basics down and then not like dying in the trenches of like getting it right right now. As I bet you there's like hundreds of thousands of books that yeah. died there just because it wasn't fun, you know, and the person just got bored because they're constantly trying to check what tense they're writing in and go back and rewrite stuff and like. I think your advice was excellent. Just get it out. You yeah. can fix it later. That's just like gear stuff. You know, it's not making the machine. Well, and there's nothing wrong with you wanting something to be good. Obviously, you want it to be good. <laughs> like, of right. course, you want it to be good. It's just, it's just going to take longer for it to be good than you might be comfortable with. And that's okay, too. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you're inherently bad at something. You know, like when I was learning how to play guitar, I was really bad at it for a while. And, but then, you know that this this chord progression got a little bit easier and like that riff that i was having trouble with a few months ago it's like oh i can just play that in my sleep now like that's not that bad and you don't see it day to day but it is improving you know you're always improving the longer that you stick with something and writing is no different i mean it like when you're looking at a screen and you're seeing the words that you're writing <laughs> you're just like god what a moronic conversation I just wrote. Down. There is <laughs> like, no other thing that better tracks your like idiocy of yeah, the past yeah. you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Tell me about God of War. I know that's been taking up a lot of your week here. As you told everyone, you set some, you did good expectation setting. I mean, I, I tried just sitting and not doing anything other than that, but I like doing all this stuff too. So I was making videos and it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I got off to a slow start with God of War, but now I'm like halfway through it and it's so good. Man, it is. Is it meeting all of your expectations? Yeah, they were high too, and they've totally been met. Uh, I don't like the story as much as I enjoyed the first one, um, but maybe that's just because the first one was the first one, right? Uh, and I'm only halfway through this one, but I don't know the goal was a lot more clear in the first game. Uh, it's basically it's kind of like a movie with parts where you get to fight things and solve puzzles. Ooh, is it too much movie? It's a lot of movie. Mm. It's not too much because I, I really enjoy the story a lot, but I'm usually not a big fan of games like those, like Uncharted or The Last of Us or whatever. We like, talked about this yeah. just a couple weeks ago, and I was like also the same way where it's like, I don't really like those like speed things that happen in the middle of like a cinema. Like when a quick movie starts. Events. quick Yeah, quick time events. When a movie starts, it's time for me to like grab some water and do stuff and then all of a sudden it's like flashing square at me. I'm like, Oh shit. Oh no. I'm like fumbling yeah. to press the thing. Like, I don't know. It stresses me out. It's a really fantastic game, man. Like it's, they, they knocked it out of the park. Like, and that's coming from somebody that like, I don't like super like overly linear games or anything like that. I like big open world, like sandboxy type games a lot, or at least like more kind of um, like leave you to your own devices. Kinds right. Of games, like Metroidvanias and stuff Same. like that. But this one, this one just did it really well. So yeah, I mean, I still got a lot of game left. I've probably put like 20, 20 or 25 hours into it. I still have about another 20 or 25 hours in it. It's a fairly long game. Um, oh, that is pretty I'm long. really enjoying it. But books. Okay, books. That's what you all came here for. Let's talk about... Oh, what uh, whatever. We came here for you, baby. But also hit us uh, with some books. All right. Um, I finished a book called Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. Mm. All right. Okay. So... Uh, I wanted to see what all the fuss was about Colleen Hoover. Um, Colleen Hoover is a massively successful writer. I just made a video today, actually, about the top 10 uh, Amazon books that have been sold in 2022. Oh, we were geeking out about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she had, she had five of the top 10 of the year for Amazon sales and books. Which, like, that's insanity. That's like that is so insanity. Ridiculous. That's like the largest group I've, I've sold in items on Amazon before. And I, when we were looking up her numbers, I was like, Oh my gosh, she, she's selling 400 of these a day. It's outrageous. And if she did it in the whole year, that's like, Oh, oh my goodness. Just so many, so many. And that's just on Amazon. It's not Barnes and Noble. It's not <gasps> books a million. It's not target. It's not, it's anyway, it was okay. Uh, kind of like one of those like lifetime original movies. Um, I read it in one day, which should which should say a lot about both the book and myself. Yes, uh, but I was I was invested into the drama. You know, it's like say what you want about Colleen Hoover if you're listening, but she certainly knows how to suck you in. That I was sucked in. I finished it. 
it was fine. But honestly, the entire thing, it felt kind of like voyeuristic to me. Oh, <laughs> you know, like not oh. in a good way. No, like it. <laughs> like you're like leering like, in on someone's like, life. Exactly. Like I felt like I was at work and there were two people that I worked with that kind of separately were coming up to me while I was like on my lunch break and like relating their entire personal lives and issues right, to like, me whoa, whoa, while I was, dude, yeah, and I obviously volunteered to read this, but it's just, I got that feeling of just like, whoa, this is a lot of private information. Why are you telling me all of this? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think I can safely say those kinds of books are just not really for me. I mean, but if, if you like them, you know, you're listening right now, if you like Colleen Hoover and those kinds of books, like go nuts. I mean, you. I'm sure there's a lot in those books that people connect with on a lot of different levels, but yeah, I mean, something about it, it just felt, it's just too real for me. You know, it's like I was overhearing a conversation of people's mm. just like really personal issues, like really, <laughs> really personal, <laughs> really. Yeah. It's just in, intense, like, like life ruining problems that, that, and it's just like, I don't think that those books shouldn't be written. I don't think they should. It's not like, I don't think that they should sell as well as they have been. Obviously the market's speaking. Uh, people are drawn to these things for a really good reason. That's all their own, but but I tried it. You know, I gave it a shot. Uh, I might. I don't know. There's this other book called Verity that she wrote that's supposed to be like a thriller. Um, I might give that a go Let's just see hmm. what's up with that. But uh, yeah, was it Dan Brownie or just a little like kind of like the top forty of books? It was. It was about like uh, a woman who had just got out of prison who's trying to get basically like gain custody of the kid that she had while she okay. was in prison that got taken away from her. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah, yeah. Like none about that was was getting me like going. I was like, oh, nice. Well, Let's it read doesn't that. Feel like it's any of my business. <laughs> I know it's made up. I know it's made up. I'm very aware that it's all made up. It's not real. <laughs> I get it. But also, <laughs> but also, I'm feeling a little voyeuristic over here. It's making me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe it's a little irrational, but whatever. I gave it a shot. No, that's that's adorable. Um, I think it's good. Follow your heart. <laughs> I also finished The Wastelands. Uh, we'll have a nice long nice. episode about that book in the next few days. Boy, um, will we ever. And yeah, everybody, if you're along this Dark Tower journey with us, make sure you tune into The Wastelands episode because I can't wait to talk about that book. And if you're not, what are you doing? Hop aboard! The Dark Tower. Um, uh, Amazon contacted me and asked me to promote a new book by Kevin Hart called This Is How We Do It. Um, it, it was really good. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, and like, uh, you know... Did you tell him that you had a requirement that you needed to meet Kevin? No, that would be really cool. Uh, I sent him a message on Instagram. Oh, nice. The book was so cool that I messaged him. He's never going to get back to me, probably, but on the chat. You never know, though. Never know, I feel like it happens more often than people think. But I I messaged Kevin Hart, and I was just like, man, like, this book was great. Like, I it kicked me in the ass. Like, it just, like, it pumped me up. It was really motivational. It was like 60 or 70 pages, and I know that, like, Amazon contacted me and stuff, and, like, I'm being transparent about it, and, like, um, th- these are my real I read the whole thing and damn like he's just a really fascinating guy and he was just he was basically just like look you need to stop talking to yourself in this negative way and just get on with the work that you're doing you know there was like a hmm. big part of it and he was it was all about like you know like being reliable staying determined like not letting things that don't matter get in the way of what does matter and it's it all seems like very kind of like cookie cutter motivational advice but the way that he wrote it all out was really cool and really short and he, it's like he knew that all of our attention spans are fucked you know and he was right. just like i need to write like the 60 page book and just lay it out for everybody and just be like look this worked for me and i came from nothing and this you know like i work this is why i work so hard and that guy does work he works exceptionally hard. hard. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, it was awesome. I'm going to do an ad, an ad for it later this week or whatever, but cool. That's really awesome. Getting like paid to do a book that turns out that you really like. I did. Yeah. I have no problem recommending it to people. It was really, really cool. And, mo- and if I ever do get paid to like read a book or whatever, um, I'm giving, I've already told people before, which has led to me not getting paid actually. Cause I've said like, I'm going to do an honest review of this. If there's things in it that mm-hmm. I don't like, I'm going to mention them. And they're like, well, we'd rather not, work with you and i'm like okay well then i'm, I'm not gonna lie to people right like if you're a book reviewer there's like one thing that you gotta not do <laughs> yeah but um that was really cool oh yeah i finished the broken earth trilogy that was cool i finished the sun sky um man i've already made like a whole review for it and i've tiktok video and youtube video so I, i've been talking about that book a lot but it's just brilliant like i'm so happy that i read those books they're so unique the world building i've never seen world building like that before they were pretty emotionally draining. <laughs> like, 
They they are they're heavy. They're just really heavy. You even tried to warn me. I feel like, and yeah. I still was like, it's gonna be great. And then I was, I was like, it's really good writing, but it's a little gray. About towards like the end of the second book, I was just like, I can't believe I have another book of this. This is so heavy. It's so like bleak, and everybody's just barely hanging on, and the world is just ash and dust and. <laughs> I was like, oh god, another one of these. But um, yep. I really like the ending a lot. A lot of the, a lot of the ending made a lot of sense. It, it went out with a little bit of a whimper, but not really, not in a way where I was unsatisfied. It was more like, now I, have you ever gotten the feeling when you're to the end of a book and like you are kind of exhausted, but like you still want to read some more of it? And just I felt like there was just more from a couple other characters that I wanted to hear about, and just like more about what the situation was mm-hmm. but i kind of got the last page and i was like oh well all right then um but yeah just some really really fantastic books i want to read them again in the next like few years um because i think i might have missed like one or two small details that would make the read that much more impactful um i'm sure i think i got like the message um message was pretty clear um but it was just some of the world building stuff, I think that I just didn't, it just didn't hit me the way it was supposed to. Um, but yeah, really good books. Um, what else? I am about halfway through Homeland, the first book in the Dark Elf trilogy by R.A. Salvatore. I am so excited. You are reading those. We're also doing episodes on those books, and oh, it's just exactly what I needed. It's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> They're easy to digest. It's an origin story. It's just fantasy. It's fantasy, baby. It's uh, fantasy as fantasy as fantasy can fantasy. Yep. And it's some of the names. <laughs> like Menzo Berenzan. Menzo Berenzan. <laughs> I mean, dude, the main characters, like, you've got a Wolfgar. Yeah. And a Brunor. And, like, I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, those are in those books. Those come later. But, yeah. like, that's his party. You know, they're just so classic. Like, if you're going to sit down with your buddies and make some D&D characters, yeah. you would make up those names. They're like the ultimate D&D books. They're... They're mm-hmm. so fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying myself. Uh, Dark elves in this in this book, at least, they're the worst. Like I didn't know that the dark elves were going to be so terrible. Oh, oh, like, they're awful. Yeah. <laughs> like Dritz is just. I'm not trying to give away the the story, but Dritz. If if you don't know, uh, R. A. Salvatore created this character named Dritz Stewart, and who's just a stand up guy. Like he Man, really is. He's, a, he's just the. He's best. that one friend named Kevin that like always helps you move. Yeah, and he like yeah he comes to the party with his own beer and everyone's like hell yeah, yeah. we had beer here anyway but you brought your own like that's really cool. Um, but the the way he's raised is in this society of just psychopaths like literally the absolute worst possible people all living underground and just constantly stabbing each other in the back and he's just like he's being brought up in this and he's just like I know something's weird about this and you're kind of seeing that story developing and i we'll talk about it more when we do an episode but i'm just i'm so happy that i'm reading something that's like it's kind of like with thrawn you know it's from like the 90s you know just some old like classic stuff that should be in everybody's repertoire you know it's like yeah i mean you read some of the stuff that's been coming out lately and then you throw in some ra salvatore you know like throw in some michael moorcock or some glenn cook or like get get some of that old stuff in there too so i've been happy to read that and the difference between the old and new helps the new be even more cool. You know, and you know that kind of classic feel and then you read something like truly fresh and truly unique. You're like, wow, that was made all the better because I kind of have a classic like line established yeah. in my brain, you know? I think I still prefer newer stuff. I think that personally, I don't know. It's hard to say. That's so much good. It's really stuff. hard to say. They're all so different. Um, so last thing, and then I'm finally going to let you talk. Um, oh, no, you're fine, dude. Keep going. Uh, I'm also chipping away at Death Note, which is just so cool. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, this, is it just amazing? Well, okay, so it's 2,400 pages long. Oof. This big, giant brick that I have. I'm like 400 pages into it. The The system of rules being laid out, I like how like it's just rules on rules on rules, and it's being like slowly kind of fed to you. Like, oh, yeah, this is like another thing about the Death Note thing, and it's like setting up the parameters of what I can feel already is going to just turn into a giant flame war eventually, mm-hmm. or, or maybe it's not, I don't know, but it seems like it's going to. And um, I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the main character. I have very mixed feelings on this whole situation. 
Like, cause at first you're like, Oh, it's like a school kid who finds this book where if he writes someone's name in it, it'll kill them. Like what a cool idea for a book. Like, and you just keep reading it. And it's like, wait a minute. This kid is messed up. This kid's like, a fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, it's like, I understand what he's doing and his reasons for doing it on like a, on like a superficial level. Right. Right. But then he, like it makes sense. But it's like, dude, stop talking about it like this. Like you're pretty, right. he's got such a weird vibe. He just loves it. Like he, he loves, loves it. It's so dude, odd. Like, Even like the death God that's hanging out with him that only he can see is just like, Jesus, reel it back dude, a little need bit. To chill out. <laughs> it's oh, that's very so funny. Good. It's very good. That means that the anime does a very good job with portraying him properly cool. because that's exactly the okay, sort of good. character yeah. he is in the anime. Cause you're just like watching it. And you're like, oh, what like, <laughs> you do that with? Oh my goodness! Well, and he's just like, Meh. and then if I do this, this plot, yeah. this tweet, like, oh, you are not only diabolical, you love being diabolical. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that I'm reading these. It's kind of a nice um, departure from Berserk. Um, it just feels a little bit. It's, it's you know, dark subject matter and stuff, but it just feels a little bit more playful. Like Berserk is really serious, um, but also it's funny sometimes. There's like, there's funny characters in Berserk. But it always has like this kind of underlying like darkness to it. Um, right. And I haven't gotten quite that vibe. Maybe it's just because the setting is different. Um, but like Death Note seems a little bit more tongue in cheek, which I like a lot. Um, but I don't know. I'll have my thoughts more rounded out on it. I'll try to finish it this week. It's a manga, so I'll fly through the next like 2,000 pages fairly quickly, but I might not have it finished. But. Anyway. The comedy in anime is so interesting, you know, because like even in like Attack on Titan, like they try sometimes to throw some yeah, jokes in there, but the overlying like story is just so grisly and yeah. terrible <laughs> that it's like nothing's really funny. Yeah, it's like this one character really likes food and they like kind of hit that a couple yeah. times, but it's just like <laughs> it's not that funny. And compared to you all being food, you know, right? <laughs> it's just not, it is, I don't know, but uh, that's that's it for me. I'm done. That was a lot of talking on my part. That was a good week. You had a good week. Yeah, I actually read more than I thought I did. I was surprised. You kept going. I was like, what? And he's going on. He's still going. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. What'd you do? Lay it on me. Um, so what I did here, so I watched, uh, or I finished The Wasteland, which was awesome. I'm really excited to dig deep into that with you. It was by far my favorite one and made me just be like, oh, like so stoked to read yeah. the rest of this series. It was it was real, real good. It's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into it. Uh, and I'm excited to uh, chunk into the next one as well. Uh, I started a book called The Black Tongue Thief. You started that, huh? I thought we were going to read that together. Oh, were we? Damn, I forgot. It's so We need okay. to make a list or yeah. something. We need to have a shared list so I don't forget. No, it's fine. Fine. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, one of our listeners um, sent it to us. Yeah. And it is, it is very good. Is it good? I'm not that far into it, but like, you know, a good chunk and it's, it's, it's very good. It's just fun. And it's like, it's kind of what I needed. I don't know. I feel like I've just been like, I've been needing some like pick me up books. Like I read legend and lattes and it was perfect. Like exactly what I needed. Now I just kind of want, I want a little more of that classic. I feel like I've gone off on some other like rando trails, trying to expand and broaden my horizons. And I feel like black tongue thief is kind of taking me back to my roots a little bit and just like, okay, that's cool. This is some good stuff. And it's just written. It's just really fun to read. So I'm uh, very much enjoying that. Yeah. Christopher Buhlman. He's a fantastic writer. He's really good. I've been also chunking my way through The Illustrated Man, which I got just a while back. Oh, and yeah. I've just kind of been reading a short story from time to time. And I've been really enjoying it. Nice. They're fun. I uh, just finished The Fox and the Forest, which I thought was really interesting and cool. And they always kind of make you kind of like pensive mm-hmm. and put you in a fun like thinking mood. You know, I never read two in a row. That's too much. Yeah, that's a lot of Bradbury. Yeah. Did you read Something Wicked This Way Comes? Um, a long time ago, yeah. a way long time ago. Might be worth another read, man. If you don't really remember any, if you read it when you were really young. Um, yeah, I don't remember like any of it. It's really good. It's like one of Stephen King's favorite books. Really? Okay, it's going to my list. I if there's like a really cool version of that book somewhere, like cool edition. Probably, dude. It's like a classic. So, yeah, I like see people unpacking leatherbound books, and I just get really jealous. I don't own I like any leatherbounds, and I'm like, oh man, those are beautiful. Yeah, um, every now and then somebody like a, a Luma Crate does a lot of really awesome um, editions of books. And uh, every now and then I'm on TikTok and someone pulls out like the Luma Crate edition of Jade City is like beautiful, just such oh. a gorgeous book. And it's just like, oh, cool. I guess I'll never have that unless I want to buy it yeah. on eBay for like $400. <laughs> yeah. That's what I get for not That's a piece of priceless up. art right there. 
I really like high function art like that, you know, because you can like re- it's an actual book. You can read it. Oh, yeah. And it's also just so beautiful. Uh, and I love that, which I probably shouldn't ever do from the amount of like candy I eat while reading. <laughs> it's just like, man, it's going to have chocolate on his pages <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been uh, I've been enjoying me uh, reading me some illustrated man. I've also been watching a show called The Outpost, which kind of pulled me in. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's like, honestly, not very good. And like the acting's not super great. It's about this girl who like her family is slaughtered. She's like a race of humans called the Black Bloods that can summon these demons from this other realm. And it's not like a spoiler or anything that happens like the very beginning of episode one, but like her whole family and kin dies. She's the only one left. And she basically has to like go to the farthest reaches of the realm that just recently got taken over by this evil empire who want all of her people dead. So she goes to the farthest reaches of the realm, the outpost, and then lives her life there. And like <laughs> the acting's not very good on some of like the main characters, like the main, um, this looks like a CW show. It is a CW. Is it really? Show. Oh no. <laughs> I just downloaded it. Yeah, I like it. looked at a couple of pictures of it and I was like, this looks like a CW show. And then it says the outpost renewed for season four at the CW. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, that's funny. Oh, and then this one says good call on that. I'm, I'm incredibly impressed. Uh, but it's just like I don't know. It's for some reason it's kind of got me though. Yeah, I'm into it now. Yeah, I, sometimes it does. Yeah, yeah. Like I just I even know when the writing is bad, and they stab people all the time. Like every main character has gotten stabbed multiple times. Not just a little like oh, it's a flesh wound. Like no, no, through the gut with like a bastard sword. <laughs> and then the next episode they'll be like fighting somebody. It's like. Whereas, like, when they throw a knife, the person's, like, dead immediately. And they'll yeah. take, like, six arrows. <laughs> it's, like, crazy the damage these people take. Bot armor, baby. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, man. There's, like, multiple, multiple episodes. Like, a lot of episodes in the first season alone. Where you're, like, the episode ends. And you're, like, wow, they killed a main character. So that's, like, obviously a mortal wound. And then it's, like, nope. They're totally okay. They're fine. Yeah. Tune in next time. I will say I'm really enjoying it, though. Yeah, it's it's got my attention, you know, so uh, I also went through just like a two nighter of just crushing, killing and loving uh, Neil Gaiman's Good Omens. Have you seen that? Oh, no, I didn't. It is really good and like really cleverly done. I think it's my favorite like intro of any show too. just like hearing the music. And it's kind of like these cartoon like uh, paper mache figures and the two like angels and this angel and demon that are like friends throughout all time. And they kind of end up coming home like a like the angel has like a like a conscience conundrum because he's like, well, I kind of need to do some bad things, kind of, but he's really good. And then the demon's kind of like, I'm just doing whatever I want. I'm a free man. But he's also like not actually evil. He's just like free. And so he ends up kind of like being good, bad. And it's a very, it's just clever, well done. And just, I loved it. I loved every episode. It's funny. I, I tried that. I tried reading the book and I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan, huge Terry Pratchett fan. Couldn't get into the book. Really? I don't know what it was. I don't, maybe, I don't. I have no idea. Maybe I should try it again. You should watch the show. Maybe I should just watch the show. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's, it's just, just a better show. It might just. It might be. Yeah. It was a great show. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. Maybe you should try the book. Yeah, maybe I will. I've got a copy of book. it, but we live three hours away from each other. So I know. Sad. I have like sad. a few books that I want to give to you. Man, I wish we could hang out for Christmas. Yeah, I'm I know. Be in California. Oh, are you going down to visit your dad? My dad lives in Bishop, California, which is like um, two hours west of reno i think i don't know like in mm. that area in like northern california um but i'm going to <laughs> i'm going to carmel what's in carmel it sounds fancy my middle sister's name middle name is carmel um yeah I, i've never been there before oh no i think i have been there like maybe once uh but it's not my dad's house it's like one of his friends it's like a family friend of ours um and a bunch of people are getting together for christmas down there but it'll be nice to be in i guess it's like central california i don't know where carmel is i think it's south of san francisco but north of LA. Um, so yeah, it'll be nice. Go check out the beach and just be somewhere warm. That's not Portland, Oregon in December. Which I don't know if you ever hung out in the Pacific Northwest in December or January, but uh, not great, not no. ideal. <laughs> no, it's like not quite cold enough to get any lovely snow. Even though we've been having some here, we lucked out this year. But uh, it's just kind of slushy and rainy and sad, dude. That's you picked a real hell of a time to read the Broken Earth trilogy, like know, weather-wise. It was so bummy outside too. It's really, really beautiful here. Uh, like, like September and October are just 
like amazing months to live in Portland. Yeah. But then November comes around and it's just like, whoa, it's so disgusting <laughs> here. It's just rainy and cloudy and super cold. It's not cold All enough. All the to leaves snow. have turned to just a big sludge. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, we're, I mean, we're still kind of in there, but yeah, for a lot of the time that I was reading Broken Earth, it was it was pretty gross out. Yeah, it was a bad, uh, it was a bad timing, unfortunately. But you're right, it is right. It's like between San Francisco and L.A. And hopefully, oh, cool. it'll be warm down there. Yeah. It'll probably be like yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, maybe go play some. Go hang out on the beach. You play golf? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know you played. I don't golf. play it anymore, really. But uh, yeah, like I, my family, my mom and dad, when I was growing up, worked. Uh, like my mom was like the accounting manager, and my dad was like the spa manager for uh, the Sun River Resort. Which is in Central Oregon, like really close to. Oh, where so you play like Woodlands and Meadows. Yeah, all the time. I played there because um, I got to play golf for free, and I didn't really. I, I lived like twenty miles away from all of my friends, so I, and I didn't have a car, so like I, <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't hang out with people very often. So I just like went to the golf course and played a bunch of golf when I was a teenager. Oh wow! I caddied at both of those, uh, those uh, golf courses. I'm terrible golfer, but I'm a great caddy. Yeah, I was shooting in like the low nineties there for a little while, which is like pretty oh, wow. solid. Like, yeah, like yeah. Pretty, it's not amazing, but it was like you know for like a seventeen year. I probably shoot in the low hundreds now, but maybe even higher. Nice. Golfing such an interesting little subculture scene. You know, it's so so weird. I think it's so obviously like so. My stance on it is basically, uh, I think golf courses are a total waste of resources. Oh my god, it's like, like the best real estate just for to give it like one little hole. Yeah, the amount of land and water uh usage it's just the most pretentious it's sport really ridiculous but i will say <laughs> but i will say playing the game like it's kind of cool because you're better yeah. at it the more relaxed you are um so like that's why like some people go play it because it's relaxing you know like the whole idea of it is like it if you're not you're not supposed to like hack at the ball you know what i mean you're not supposed to like swing as hard as possible thing. yeah it's like you let the club swing through the the ball um and like you know you keep your your body fairly loose while you're doing it um and so that's kind of like the nice and when it's like really nice out and you're on like a really nice golf course it's like pretty cool <laughs> but, oh it's very nice but obviously they're terrible <laughs> dude i've caddied at almost every golf course here in Banbridge. there's like 15 of them and i've had free golf at so many places and so many people are always like so jealous and i just never played golf they didn't have clubs and like i could rent them sometimes but a lot of the times they don't have left-handed clubs and so i was like I just didn't play that much golf. Oh, yeah, you're left-handed. Uh, I spent a lot of time on golf courses. Yeah, left-handed. That must ruin so many things for you. Like, this is a right-handed person's world. There's a lot of things that are very hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like scissors. Man, scissors okay. do not work okay. with your left hand. So I thought left-handed scissors were a myth for the longest time. Oh, no. Time. I thought... <laughs> I have a pair. They're actually harder for me to use. Really? Just because I've used right-handed scissors all my life. And so like scissors are a right-handed tool for me because the way that you're fingers hold them it just like it presses the blades together without you even really knowing it so it shink and they slide along and you get this smooth cut if you put it in your left hand you're actually pulling the blades apart and so lots of times you like bend it it's just like not nearly as good so i always just use my right hand i had to like look up a youtube video to like make sure that left-handed scissors were because <laughs> i thought because in my head i was just like that's so stupid like because you're just cutting down it shouldn't matter like what side no it's like it got a slight like angle a to it thing yeah it's so weird I seriously thought that I was like being messed with when somebody mentioned like left-handed scissors to me. I was like, oh yeah, totally left-handed scissors. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was left-handed pants too. Well, it's funny. There's um, <laughs> when I, I think I'm really blessed because I did a lot of um, martial arts and I did a lot of like Kali and Eskrima, which has like stick fighting and knife fighting. And if a lot of those flow drills, especially in like stick fighting, you'll get into these flow drills, which are really fun and really cool. They look awesome when you get them good too. Um, and they get really complicated. But if you're doing that left lead, if you're doing that like goofy, like no, there's just no way that's going to work. The flow is totally messed up. And so I've learned like a lot of those things feel weird with my other side of my body. And so it's like, I've just kind of learned to get good with my right hand. And I think that helped me a ton just kind of make my brain a lot more plastic about it. Cause there's like, like I feel very comfortable with like a knife in my right hand. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you're fairly amb- like I bet most left-handed people are more ambi- ambidextrous than right-handed people are because you just kind of have to. Yeah, like so many things are right-handed. Yeah, dude, writing is the worst because I write upside down and backwards, so I like push my wrist over the letters oh, as I write yeah. them. You can't write with pen. If I don't lift my wrist up, it'll just smear all over the place. I think of my hand like coated. Can you drive a stick shift? Oh yeah, totally. Is, is it awkward for you? 
no, that would be crazy to me to drive it with my like. If yeah. I've never done it with my left hand, it's, it's like like when I play the violin, I learned it left-handed. It's like fine, you know. Yeah, I guess. Most of those things, I feel like you should just go like I don't know. Don't handicap yourself and make it so you need some special equipment. Just learn to do a learn to do it with your right hand and just like suffer a little bit, and you'll be good at certain things that right-handers aren't. Be fine. Super, super wrong about this. Wasn't Jimi Hendrix left-handed? He just flipped the guitar over. I don't know. I think that's but like I like like the violin and the guitar. You know, you hold the the left hand is doing the complicated thing. I, I would guess anyway that with guitar, but I know with the violin, like the left hand is definitely doing the more complicated motion. You know, the right hand is just kind of sawing back and forth. And yeah, there's a lot of like intricate little wrist flicks and movements and stuff. But like it's you know sawing away is not nearly as complicated as the actual finger placements. Right. And so I feel like I had an advantage. Huh. Secret power. All right, let's uh, fictional fun fact it up. Oh, all right. Fictional fun fact time. Writer George Eliot is actually a woman. Her real name is Mary Ann Evans. She was an English novelist, poet, journalist, translator, and one of the leading writers of the Victorian era. And she is author of seven pretty famous novels, uh, most of which are set in the provincial England uh, time and are known for their realism and psychological insight. And she used a male pen name, she said, to ensure that her works would be taken seriously as female authors were published under their own names during Eliot's life, but she wanted to escape the stereotype of women writing only lighthearted romances. Yeah, yeah that's, been a, that's been a thing for a little while. Yeah, it's been a thing for a while. She also said that she wanted the male pen name because she wanted her, uh, or she just wanted a pen name in general because she wanted to have her fiction judged separately from her already extensive and really, really widely known editor and critic work. Oh, interesting. So she didn't yeah. want to be like associated with that work, be like, oh, here's the critic and editor coming along you know which i get yeah i've definitely heard of like a, a quite a few women authors using like more androgynous names or just like initializing i think like jk rowling had to do that mm-hmm. actually i watched an interview with uh jk rowling a little while back where um she said that she like before harry potter started getting really popular the publisher was like yeah you're gonna have to change your name like no one's gonna buy joanne rowling you know like it's gotta be jk because like harry's a, a boy you know, so like if they're oh, going right. to try to market it to a bunch of boys, like they're like all these like uh, young boys aren't going to want to read. It's like, I don't know if there's really any like evidence for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, did young boys even look? I don't even remember looking. Yeah. Like I didn't care. Like I was just like, I don't know. I don't give it. I don't. Is it a good <laughs> book? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. But I mean, it makes sense from like the trends in book sales over the last like few centuries. It's like men have been leading the book sales for so long that it makes sense that a publisher would be like, yeah, we can't have women authors on the cover of this. Like you write poetry yeah. or romance and that's all, you know, like, which would be really frustrating as an author. Jeez. Yeah. Suck. I remember I was like six or seven books deep into Robin Hobb and I kept talking about him and halfway through a conversation, <laughs> you were like, Hey, you know, that's like not a guy, right? I was like, what Robin Hobb? Like what? And I had read a lot of her work at that time. I wonder if every time an author initializes their name, they're trying to be more androgynous or if it's just sometimes the initials sound better or I don't know. I wonder what that's all about. Because there's a lot of initialized uh, author names. There's a ton of them. Yeah. I think it's kind of like whatever. Uh, it's it's a reduction of information about the the place that it came from if it's not about the place that it came from, right? Because as soon as you know the origin of that, whether it be man, woman, anything, just the more you know, the more that you will look through that through like a preconceived notion filter and like expectations start getting in the way of you just like seeing something for what it raw and honestly is just like naturally what our brains do. So I could see definitely wanting to kind of have a disassociation of me and my work. So no one's like, Oh, this is the thing that Chad wrote and go into it with like Chad expectations. I just want you to read this and see what it is, whether you like it or not, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I think that Robin Hobbs, um, Robin Hobb is a pen name for uh, Megan Lindholm, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a thing. It is a thing. See, but so, 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 well, you got like George R.R. R. Martin. Right. You know, but he could have just been George Martin. But I think uh, George Martin was a really famous producer. I think he produced a bunch of the Beatles stuff. So maybe like he thought everyone would get that confused. But like, obviously, oh, right. nobody's going to get no. that confused. <laughs> he could have probably got away with George Martin. It's funny that he took... The J.R.R. Tolkien. Like, <laughs> I've, I've like giggled about this yeah. many times to myself because it's like, what? Like, you get the R-R? two R's? Yeah. <laughs> it seems kind of like, you know, a little takey. Yeah. 
but a little copycatish. I just watched an interview with George R. R. Martin actually, where he was talking about being compared, uh, being called the American Tolkien, which is yeah. funny because Robert Jordan had that moniker for a little bit too. Um, mm, double no. <laughs> <laughs> well, even like George R. R. Martin was like, "Hey, that's like the biggest praise I could possibly get as a oh, writer." But sure. like, no, <laughs> it's just like, no, we're completely different authors. Like we 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 come at it in completely different ways. And I'm not even close to as good as Tolkien was. But yeah, I imagine, you know, being a woman uh, trying to publish in, you know, the landscape as it was, even till like, pretty freaking recently, uh, there was probably some pushback, depending on the genre you were in, um, where they were like, ah, you might want to put an initial on that because, you know, people aren't going to take you as seriously. Ugh. I imagine that would be incredibly frustrating. Like, can you imagine, like, working on something for, like, years, right? And then you're like, hey, by the way, you need to change your name. Oh my god, that'd be the worst. And just and not even because like people might get the the pronunciation confused, like get confused about the pronunciation or whatever. But like, no, it's because you're a woman, and people aren't going to take you as seriously. Oh god, that would be so Ugh. stupid. Like all that work you did, and now you're at this point. They're telling you to change your name. Not like, fun, and not a fan either. And I think I think we're changing from that. Yeah, pretty well. It's, going, it's a long, long process, you know. Long, yeah, we're coming along. Yeah, make sure you diversify all your reading out there, everybody. Diversify. I think that's going to do it for us today here on the Monday Morning Minute. Nice juicy long one there. That was a juicy long one. Yeah, oh, that sounded weird. Speaking of juicy long ones, the other day. <laughs> oh my god! Please go on. <laughs> so the other day, I made a video where I was like, "What books are like Harry Potter?" Right. Oh, that got some comments. I said, "You're never going to feel 13." 13 years old again with summer vacation all in front of you and a big fat Harry Potter book for the rest of the summer to entertain you or whatever. And then my, one of my friends on TikTok, Dread Pirate Dad, he like stitched it right when I said, you're never going to have a big fat Harry. And then he just stitched <laughs> like perfectly to him just dying of laughter in his car. <laughs> I walked right into that one. That was me. Yeah, that was all well, that's me. fantastic. But uh, yeah, so this was a nice big thick and juicy monday morning minute you can clip me on that all you want but everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode and for having us as a part of your morning wherever you are in this big wide world of ours uh chad it's been great i haven't talked to you in like a week so i know it's been sad i'm going through like evan withdrawals Aww, i'm going through chad withdrawals Aww. i'm getting hives well as always i love you dearly and uh and i love you listeners dearly thank you so much for joining us and allowing us to be a part of your monday it is very special Everybody, hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.